0: So, welcome to the Spaceport America podcast with me, Alice Carruth, the Public Relations Coordinator at the New Mexico Spaceport Authority. And I am joined in this episode by Cliff Olmstedt, the president of the Experimental Sounding Rocket Association, which is our partner for the Spaceport America Cup. So I want to start off, Cliff, with you explaining what is an experimental sounding rocket?
1: <laughs> Good question, and, uh, and hello. Uh, It's good to be here. I think that uh, uh, I'll answer that question by saying that uh, experimental sounding rockets uh, really is another way of saying, for our purposes, amateur high-power rocketry. So it's sending rockets uh, to uh, high altitudes, relatively high altitudes, in our case 10,000 or 30,000 feet. Uh, And um, uh, the rockets include payloads, and some of those payloads can uh, actually conduct experiments at those altitudes, all kinds of things.
0: So what is the Experimental Sounding Rocket Association about?
1: Yeah, so so uh, the Experimental Sounding Rocket Association, or we just call it Ezra, as our, as our shirt has, right, is uh, all about really fostering the education for college students um, in the terms of, you know, obviously there's an emphasis on STEM, right, and engineering and mathematics and, and science, but it's also the teamwork aspect of working on large teams to, you know, come together for a project. And uh, so our efforts really are focused on an annual competition that is, uh, it started as the intercollegiate rocket engineering competition, and it has now evolved into what is Spaceport America Cup.
0: So tell me a bit about the cup, you know, what, when did it start and, and how has it evolved into what it is today?
1: So the the uh, as I was saying, the intercollegiate rocket engineering competition, or just IREC, uh, has actually been around since two thousand and six, uh, and that was started by Dr. Paul Mueller. And uh, at the time, it was I think just a couple of you know two or three university teams out in the desert, and has since evolved into uh, what is now Spaceport America Cup as of twenty seventeen. And uh, in fact, for the 2020 competition, which we unfortunately had to cancel, uh, we had 150 teams. So it's really expanded. And um, uh, yeah, it's just become quite an event It's now international as well. So we've got uh, about two thirds of the teams are domestic United States teams. And the other third is international from all over the world.
0: So why come and host it in Spaceport America in New Mexico?
1: good question. (laughs) Well, when you really start looking at the logistics of what it takes to host an event of this size and to fly rockets to these kinds of altitudes, it becomes very complex technically. There's uh, clearances that are required from the FAA for airspace. Uh, There's the simple logistics of you've got teams somewhere out in an area they need to be able to go and recover their rockets, uh, meaning they need to walk out and pick them up. Uh, There needs to be facilities for water and food, um, you know, easy way for transportation in and out. And as you start looking through all of those elements, there's really only a few places in the country that are very viable. Uh, for those kinds of events and frankly, Spaceport America has been uh, outstanding, uh, both in terms of uh, the, the, the location and the the space that you have, right, but also, I think the working relationship that we have with the team at Spaceport America, uh, and Ezra, uh, has just been phenomenal.
0: So you mentioned you do rocket launches to 10,000 and 30,000 feet. Why those two levels?
1: Um, We picked those levels for uh, uh, the purposes of creating a challenge for engineering teams, right, to to build a rocket. And we recognize that university teams have, you know, come from a range of experience. There are some teams, some members on the teams that have quite a lot of experience in amateur high-power rocketry and other teams are just starting in that. Um, And, you know, we we want to distinguish ourselves in the sense that there's, um, uh, you know, that it is a challenge that you have to design your rockets to achieve these pretty high altitudes. Uh, uh, even if you're a new team starting from scratch and you've never built a high power rocket before, um, all of the analysis and design effort that has to come together to say, okay, our target is exactly 10,000 feet. So what do we need to do in terms of picking our motor size in terms of designing the structures of the rocket to handle the acceleration forces plus the payload piece of it which is you know what are we going to include for our payload what's that design going to be and how will it interface with the rocket um, so i you know i don't think there's any magical reason for 10,000 and 30,000 specifically except that those are very challenging and the distinction is that 10,000 is a excellent starting point that is already a very, uh, you know, challenging target to hit. And after teams have gotten their experience, then you can really go for the, you know, the high level 30,000 foot uh, altitude attempt. And, um, you know, that's a whole other level of expertise and, and uh, effort and knowledge that's required to accomplish that.
0: So obviously, we weren't able to host the Spaceport America Cup in person in 2020. And this year, we're having to do things virtually. Before I start talking about what we are expecting in 2021, can you explain to me what the competition would normally look like in a normal year?
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, the uh, event starts, the competition starts at the beginning of the academic year. So, um, you know, in fall of each year, we put out the call for teams to register and sign up for the competition. And that's the starting point. Some teams have continued over many years, right? So they may already have formed a team even before the official registration, but some teams are coming in new. And we want to make sure that teams have as much time as possible to prepare uh, their rockets and their designs. And you know, the way that competition is designed is a progression. So, First, you start by signing up for the competition and you tell us, Ezra, what your intended rocket is going to be. Are you going for the 10,000-foot or the 30,000-foot attempt? Are you choosing to use a solid rocket motor? Are you, is that going to be a, a commercial off-the-shelf motor? Are you going to do your own student research and develop solid motor? Then there's getting into uh, liquids and hybrids as options uh, for the more advanced uh, teams, right? And as we progress over the academic year, there's a series of progress reports that are submitted and there's deadlines for those. And the, I guess I would say the written and the progress report aspect of the competition culminates in the final project technical report, which is due about a month prior to the competition. and the technical report includes all of the details of your rocket, your design, the analysis, what your rationale for your design decisions should be. And then um, the the whole event culminates in that one week of actually meeting uh, on-site in Las Cruces at the convention center there for a one day conference where uh, selected teams present podium technical sessions and also teams uh, set up poster sessions so they can show off the rocket inside the venue. And then the following rest, I would say the rest of the week essentially, right? Is out flying the rockets and um, each team has opportunities to launch. And uh, ideally the rocket comes down in one piece and the teams will go recover that rocket recover the altitude data, tell us how the payload performed There's all kinds of things that go into, uh, you know, the nature of the competition. But that's what a typical year would look like.
0: So this year we have announced we're going to be hosting a virtual Spaceport America Cup, which has caused obviously a lot of people a bit of upset and anguish but understanding because we can't get the students together to build their rockets. So can you tell us a bit about what students can expect when they join us for the 2021 virtual Spaceport America Cup?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get it. You know, um, even in 2020, when, you know, the start of the COVID era, um, you know, we, as the, as our board of directors met and we said, you know, we, we're not prepared to switch to a virtual competition or anything like that last year. And, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty hard. It's pretty hard to make a decision and a call like that to outright cancel. And this year we didn't want to do that. And we really spent some time kind of a little bit of soul searching and, and saying, you know what, I think we can do a virtual competition and have it be meaningful. And uh, I'm happy to say, I'm really excited about what, this event is shaping up to be, and I think what we'll bring um, to the students and what the students can bring to us for this event. So uh, uh, there's a couple things that are obviously different. Number one, we're not physically flying rockets. So that's a change, right? But everything else in terms of the progress reports, in terms of the technical reports, in terms of the design and analysis and uh, making uh, the decisions for what you would need to build a rocket uh, uh, is all perfectly valid. And uh, so that's certainly a key piece of the whole competition, right? But the other thing that's really unique about the virtual event is, uh, I guess in contrast with a typical a competition, right? Uh, a competition year, I would say. Um, we only have one day of time in a very busy week for conference sessions and podium and technical presentations. This time in the virtual sense, we've got three full days for both interaction with the teams, the teams to present uh, their poster and podium sessions, but also for uh, all kinds of uh, special presenters to to come in. I know uh, we have Wayne Monteith coming in from uh, the FAA, who's I think the deputy director for commercial space flight. And um, uh, also uh, Mike Mullane, a NASA astronaut, coming to talk and give a presentation. Like these are kinds of things that we would not have the capacity, just we don't have the physical time and, and availability, right, to do it. So. Uh, those are just a couple of examples, but the whole three days is going to be packed with uh, some excellent and uh, you know, really special technical presentations and you know, teams that maybe haven't even started yet can come in to the event, not maybe necessarily competing if they choose not to, but to just listen in and get a sense, okay, this is what it's going to take for us to compete even in the 2022 competition.
0: Can you explain to everyone about how Ezra set up as a 501c3 and the sponsorship that you get from from for the cup and what that really means for the cup competition how it helps you?
1: Uh, yeah. So help me with that. I think you were just asking about because um, Ezra as a nonprofit organization, um, you know, what's the benefit in terms of sponsorship and and that, yeah. right? Okay, sure. Yeah, I think. <laughs> wow, there's so many. So many aspects to that. I, I guess I'll put it this way. Our commitment as the Experimental Sounding Rocket Association is to foster the education of students um, and to really provide the opportunity for universities, you know, from across the world, to come together in a collaborative, constructive way to accomplish you know something significant and the sponsors are really key to that uh, not just from a monetary standpoint but from you know these are students who are getting your graduation they're looking for opportunities to move into industry and uh, as most recruiters will know, a student who has direct experience um, in doing this kind of activity, has a leg up, a huge leg up, and 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 uh, in terms of being able to step into a workplace and be immediately, you know, productive. So the sponsors and and us, you know, it's a very, I guess I would say almost symbiotic relationship, right? Um, yes, we use that money to facilitate the competition, sorry, the competition, but that in turn um, provides an experience for both students and an experience and opportunity for sponsors to uh, gain exposure to those students and have interaction and discussions about, hey, I'm the team captain, or I'm a member of some college team as a student, uh, but I'm really interested in your company. So how can I position myself? What are the, you know, what are you looking for? And, and be able to have that dialogue. It's, it's really phenomenal.
0: So that brings me to the question of who is sponsoring the Spaceport America Cup in 2021? Who can we expect to be part of the event?
1: Uh, good question. So let's see, I mean, in terms of all of our sponsors, Mm, okay, I'm going to stall for time here. Uh, well,
0: I can certainly list a few. Other than obviously Ezra and Spaceport America that put on the event, we are really excited that Blue Origin are coming back again this year, Virgin Galactic, um, Estes Industries. Uh, we have Rocket uh, Honeywell, which is the Kansas National Security Council um, that they work with, Um We have Siemens, Raytheon, who have I missed?
1: Oh, well, let's see, you know, just kind of pulling up the list, right? So we talked about Virgin Galactic, AIAA is one. Uh, I work for Aerojet Rocketdyne, so I'm very uh, proud to say my company is uh, one of the sponsors. Um, uh, Dassault Systems and SolidWorks, there's uh, quite a large list. I would recommend that you go to spaceportamericacup.com and you can see the complete list of sponsors but also get obviously more information about the event itself and you can register there.
0: Excellent. Um, is there anything else that we think we've missed to talk about when it comes to Spaceport America Cup? What would, what would the general admission person get if they came and watched for example for the virtual cup this year?
1: Right so we've got obviously university students participating who are competing uh, and then the tickets are available for general admission right for those who are interested. You get I, at least a couple of things just off the top, right? Number one is you get to see directly what these student teams are passionate about and what their, um, you know, what their end product is, and you you get to see the technical nitty gritty of exactly what they've done. And but you also get a sense, and you can see, you know, I mean, certainly when we're in person, but I know we'll see it in the event, uh, you know, uh, videos that they'll be providing that share their uh, excitement about the event and what they've learned over just the past year, right? That's certainly one key piece. The other element is coming back to those technical, well, there's certainly the technical conversations and I would say technical presentations, but also uh, some of those keynote speakers uh, like Wayne Monteith, like Mike Mullane, and uh, several others, right? That I've been forgetting because things are moving fast. You got to see those and they can provide, you know, perspective and insights that you don't always get to see and just out in public. So uh, I highly recommend that you you come and join us. And I'll just mention, too, that, um, uh, you know, one ticket covers all three days. So there's a complete agenda on our website in that there's things, even one or two events that you want to see and listen into for the price. It's totally worth it.
0: And those tickets are available until May the 14th. So do make sure you sign up and and secure your place as part of the Cup. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the success stories.
1: Sorry, just want to jump in. There's one correction on that. (laughs) Uh, Tickets for teams that want to compete, that due date is May 14th. General Uh public can sign up uh, right up until and, in fact, probably through the event. So we're not going to cut things off at that point. But we do need teams this is to you teams if you're going to compete you've got to sign up by the 14th because we've got to get your technical papers we've got to score them we've got a whole host of judges uh uh in fact an enormous volunteer team and uh maybe i'll just take a minute to give a shout out to our our whole team uh on the ezra side uh but elsewhere right on spaceport america and sdl is also supporting with uh, some of the uh, prize and uh, i would say part of the competition right payload competition and uh anyway, that their support is invaluable.
0: I agree. Thank you for that, Clifford. I I love the fact that you're thanking everybody who's involved. And it is a, a big... Group of us that work on the Cup and we're very, very proud of it being held out at Spaceport America. I wanted to talk a little bit about the success stories of the students that have competed in the Cup. Uh, This year, Spaceport America had C6 launch systems come to to, uh, do a hot fire test stand, and I met Sadban Khan who competed in the 2017 Spaceport America Cup and was able to come back again to work with us. Have you got any other success stories that you could talk about from students that competed in the Cup that are now working in the aerospace industry?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, Yes, many, Uh, you know, it's hard to even pick out one. I think, well, I'll say this, uh, you know, even within our company, we've had many interns, who have um, come to us looking for both internships and also regular full-time hires who have had experience at the cup. Right. And several of those people are now working at our company in particular. I mean, that's just one, right. I know that's true for uh, many other companies too. Uh, I I think, I mean, it's a little bit in broad terms, right. But the experience of some teams in terms of developing their own, of um, uh, student research and development m- motors, right? So they're building their own solid rocket motors. And the people that are involved in that from engineers, from chemists, from people in physics, from people who are interested in you know following a career in mathematics, um, there are success stories in the sense that there's not many other Venues that provide that kind of direct experience for that kind of technology, and so being able to come to a company with that in your in your back pocket is uh, is enormous. I think that's a, a, a you know a huge success story. Um, I think the other big success story for us, right, big picture, is the global. It's kind of mind blowing, right? It's the global impact on having and holding this competition we've got teams from uh you know not only the united states uh, we've got teams from canada from mexico we've got teams from brazil turkey um india uh uh, europe many teams from europe and uh that's just huge so you know being able to uh, i mean certainly being a part of that is is really exciting but i think that's a really big success story too
0: What advice would you give to any student that's interested in a career in aerospace, given that you do work for Aerojet Rocketdyne? And what would you say is the best way to kind of get into the industry?
1: Yeah, good question. You know, I think. You know, certainly it's always having some direct experience. And that doesn't necessarily have to be Spaceport America Cup. Uh, I would highly recommend Spaceport America Cup, of course. Uh, But, um, you know, somebody who's interested in pursuing a career in aerospace, um, you know, depending on where you're at, right? If you're in high school, then obviously, you know, buckling down on mathematics. Um, science, focusing on kind of those core things, like those STEM things, right? When you're at university, um, uh, that continues, but now it's important to start participating in teams that are, that are doing different projects, right? So that you can show and enter into the workforce already with the familiarity of how to work with people and how to work through what it takes for really difficult technical challenges, right? It's not easy. Uh, And these are designed to be difficult. And that means that you've got to work with people to figure out difficult technical problems and you won't always agree with everybody, but you know, okay, what does that mean? How do we work through that? Um, So I would always, always highly recommend, um, you know getting some direct experience as much as you can Uh, Sometimes that can be through internships and working with companies, Uh, sometimes that could be special university projects, that can be Spaceport America Cup, absolutely, Uh, and sometimes there's a combination of all that. So uh, the more experience you can get, the better.
0: Thank you, Cliff. So if anybody is interested in joining us for the 2021 Virtual Spaceport America Cup, how do they find out about us uh, and get tickets?
1: Uh, good question. So uh, the, the most obvious place to go is there's a couple of websites. Number one, spaceportamericacup.com uh, has all of the information about the competition itself. There's a link to sign up. Uh, you can get a feel and, uh, with, with the nature of the event. I would also recommend going to the Ezra website, and it is soundingrocket.org. Soundingrocket.org has all of the technical details. It's got the competition rules. Uh, It's got a link to a lot of our other videos that are posted on YouTube about past events. And uh, you can certainly reach out to us through that, uh, actually both websites and, uh, and get involved. We'd love to see you.
0: I'd also recommend going to social media. We have a Facebook page, Twitter page, and Instagram. And you can go back and review all of the great videos that we've captured over the years on our YouTube page as well on Spaceport America uh, YouTube. So thank you so much, Cliff. I really appreciate you taking time today and joining us.
1: Thanks, Alice. Uh, It was my pleasure and very good to talk to you and uh, hope to see you all at the event.